Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Granger. Each week we bring you the most interesting conversations from around the media industry. Today, as we continue our focus on the coverage of the coronavirus outbreak, we shift our attention to how we report this difficult subject to particularly young audiences. Joining us today is de Graaf Menzer, who is a presenter for BBC Newsround. His role typically involves telling the news to six to 12 year olds, and that includes coronavirus. He'll be explaining today what kids are like as news consumers and what accommodations as a journalist you have to make for them. But when it comes to coronavirus, when we are so often reminded in the news about the latest death toll and how dangerous this disease is, we'll be spending some time thinking about the message we are sending to young children. What's interesting is that it doesn't really matter how old your audience is, I think we can all take something from DeGraff's message today. All of that is to come though as DeGraff joins us on Facebook Messenger after this quick message from the journalism.co.uk jobs board. This podcast is brought to you by journalism.co.uk. We bring you the latest jobs in the media and communications industry. Our job of the week is a volunteer writer-editor role at The Focus. To apply for this opportunity and more, visit our jobs board at www.journalism.co.uk forward slash jobs. De Graft, welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank First and foremost, thank you for having me. It's, it's weird times to be a journalist at the moment, isn't it? How is it uh, where you are at BBC Newsround? Uh, you know what? It's been, what, a couple of weeks since we've started this whole working from home uh, sort of way of working. And it's been very, very interesting times. But I think we're still in the process of just about getting used to it. Um, so I'm being very impressed at how well my team has been able to still deliver like brilliant news both on the website and on tv while sort of being at home in different parts of the country but yeah very very weird times (laughs) i'm obviously keen today to talk about sort of your role at bbc newsround is it fair to say that newsround delivers uh news for kids kids news this kind of thing is that a fair description to graft oh absolutely i think that's that is newsround in a nutshell we deliver news to six to twelve year olds um right across the country and yeah we're all about delivering and explaining some of the biggest stories to some of the youngest members of our society you'll forgive me for not fitting into that demographic uh, (laughs) so i'm I'm not i'm not your main um, (laughs) everyday viewer what's a what's a typical delivery a typical package that we would see on on the screens uh, with you so yeah what you'll see on the newsroom package is that we have a great mix of different stories. Like if you watch a newsroom bulletin, two things will happen. You'll be entertained and you will be informed. Like we will obviously deliver the most important news of the day and try our very hardest to explain it to a young audience. But then we realise that kids don't only just want to hear about all the serious hard-hitting news. They also want a bit of light. So we do try our hardest to show them cool and interesting stories here in the UK and also all around the world. So... The backstory here, DeGraft, is that you and I went to uni together. We did. And so I know for a fact that it's not as if there was a module that was like, this is how to tell the, tell, tell the news to kids. <laughs> so what I'm wondering... I wish there was. What I'm wondering is, how did, you, how did you learn to do what you do right now? Was there sort of on-the-job training? Did you just learn on the job? Or were there sort of transferable skills that you've picked up and sort of applied to your role at the moment? Yeah, I mean, luckily over here, we have loads of bits of training and loads of courses on how to work with children and work with children and um, 
all the practical side of things. But in terms of the actual journalism behind it, a lot of it is learned on the job. And luckily, I've got an amazing team of journalists who have worked here for some of them years and years, some of them a couple of months. And I guess we all sort of use our own experiences to teach each other. And it's definitely something that, like you all, you could definitely sort of testify to. It's something that we weren't taught at university yeah. at all. Like what? what? What are some really good examples of things that you've picked up on the job? Well, I think one thing is this whole idea of assumed knowledge. So before being at uh, Newsround, I worked at BBC Radio on Newsbeat. And when whilst I was there, their target audience is pretty much people our age. So when it came to sort of making stories and writing and making videos... There were certain things that I could say and I knew that, oh, anyone who's my age will understand. But I think when you're delivering for children, it's understanding that this is a whole different ballgame. Like for me, the biggest thing that I've learned whilst being at Newsround is dissecting big stories and explaining it in a way to children that isn't patronising, but it's still simple. But at the same time, making sure that somebody who's six years old, who's at the bottom of our sort of audience spectrum and somebody who's 12 they can both understand it without either of them feeling patronised or either of them feeling confused. How big is that six years, DeGraff, between a six-year-old and a 12-year-old and their level of understanding? How big is that gap? Oh, it's it's massive. And I guess that is something that we're thinking about all the time. So, for example, when we're creating VTs, what you'll notice is a lot of our VTs might have subtitles, for example, and the subtitles might sit a bit longer on the screen than any normal subtitle would. And we do this because for a six-year-old, they're not at the same reading speed as a 12-year-old or as me, a 24-year-old. So when it comes to reading subtitles, it's little things like that, making sure that they're on for maybe a couple seconds longer. Little things when the presenters are voicing over packages and the tone of expression in their voice. And it's just the little things we do here and there to make sure everything we do is as engaging as possible for children. Do you have your own little persona? Like when you go on screen, this is this is the, the kids' news version of DeGraft. <laughs> I never thought I did. I never thought I did until one day, I think one of my friends uh, watched the bulletin and they go, DeGraft, why are you talking like that? Because a lot of the times when I'm voicing over packages, I like to ask myself, when I was growing up, what would I have liked to have heard? And obviously when I was growing up, I mean, I'm not I'm not that old, but times have definitely changed a lot. And what kids are interested in have changed a lot since I was six and since I was 12. But I do a lot of, over here at Newsround, we spend a lot of time going to schools and talking to children and asking them about what they think about our output. Because I think it's very important to talk to our audience and find out what they're genuinely interested in because there's no point in making all this content if you're never going to talk to your audience about it and there have been times where <laughs> I've gone to schools and I've said oh what have you thought about this and the kid's gone ah I really like it that's one thing I love about working with children they are brutally honest they will tell you exactly how they feel and I think that's such a brilliant trait that I guess we as adults have just lost how to just be honest and tell people how we're feeling is there anything specifically that has really shaped your delivery by getting that kind of very brutally honest feedback um yeah I guess I went to a school once and a child told me like oh sometimes sometimes um presenters can be you know just a bit over the top 
And I'm like, what do you mean over the top? It's like, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I just feel like, he, you know, you can tone it down a bit. And it's just, and I think he's probably talking directly about me because I sometimes am a very over the top character. Um, but it's just like little things like that. And then you've got to remember that not only are you competing with the other things that children are watching across TV, but there's loads of things on the internet as well. And if you're not getting the kids' attention, I'm pretty sure they'll find it elsewhere. So it's just little things like that. As for me personally, as a presenter, it's little things like that that I'm thinking about is how am I compared to everything else that a child is watching? Am I as engaging as all the other things that they're watching? Am I am I boring? Am I like the uncool uncle? Uncool uncle. <laughs> yeah, just everyone's got that one uncle who's just a bit uncool. I know I'm always like, I'm re- I really hope that's not me um but it's just little things like that that i'm always sort of thinking about personally so like attention span is one thing thinking about the the child for a second as a news consumer how else does a child sort of differ against an adult let's take for example one of the biggest stories right now the uh global pandemic the coronavirus it had to come up yeah it had to come up um one thing that is so 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 important for us is this is a very, very complex story to tell just in itself. But also, when you're a child, this can be quite terrifying. You've got this virus where people all around the world are being infected. Some people are dying. And you've got to remember that explaining a virus that is killing people to a child can be a lot because that's now a child having to deal with the idea of people getting sick and people dying and Will people in my family die? Will people that I know die? These are all questions that we often hear a lot. But when it comes to explaining such complicated stories, one key thing we always try to do is we try never to use alarmist language. So in main news or adult news, let's say, you might hear every now and again an update on the death toll. And the death, like, for example, right now, um, I'm looking at a screen that says the death toll rises by... 919 to 9134 in Italy and I feel like adult news is they're constantly telling us and I guess rightly so about what's happening around the world and how many people are being infected and how many people are dying that's one thing at Newsroom that we don't do because quite frankly I think personally I don't think a child needs to know the ins and outs of that side of the story they don't need to wake up every day and find out how many people have died because the thought of death at such a young age is quite a complicated and quite a daunting thing to take on. What we do try to do is we never try to sugarcoat stories. So we haven't told them, oh, don't worry about the coronavirus. It's just a little thing that will fade away. And, you know, you carry on about your day. No, we don't. We never sugarcoat. We, we do tell them that, look, this is quite serious. And there are measures that have come into place. And we explain all that side of the story. But we also tell them, hey, there are ways that you can keep yourself safe. So we made a how to wash your hands tutorial. We spoke to two doctors that they will recognise from the CBBC channel, doctors Chris and Zand, who present a programme called Operation Ouch, and they answered loads of kids' questions. Uh, we had a psychologist, Dr Laverne Antrobus, um, who spoke about how to deal with the mental health side of things, how to make sure you're not letting the stress take over your life. So we take all these other angles as well to tell them like, look, we understand this can be daunting, but here's bits of information that can really help you. And of course, online, we will always have our big explainers. So big articles that explain 
such a massive story to its bare bones and they're used a lot in classrooms as well so we try where possible to find any bit of encouraging news in any big story i think that's a that's an amazing example to graft the other thing you kind of touched on there is kind of how inquisitive kids are yes what kind of considerations do you give in terms of uh kids ability to question things well one thing that we like to do a lot is we are always asking kids for their questions because we know kids have questions so we always try we always try our hardest to ask them what are your questions and we would try as much as possible to answer them for you you'd be surprised at the type of questions we get asked so just going through this page now um we've got questions like how does coronavirus start what are the symptoms of coronavirus? Will my pet get coronavirus? We've got people that we go to quite often. I know quite recently we spoke to uh, Dr. Rada Modgill, who you might hear on Radio 1 Life Hacks. She explains things brilliantly and simply. And if we don't know the answers, we know that they will know the answers and we know that they will deliver it in a simplistic way. Going back to kind of what you said about, I guess, adult news, quote unquote, um, if if there's a if there's a bit of copy which doesn't really stand up, like most readers would be able to kind of pick that apart and think, hmm, that doesn't really make sense. Does that apply in the kind of kids' world in terms of like are they are they are they able in the same way to pick apart, or or do they tend to take things on face value a little bit more? We're always encouraging children to sort of comment on articles and give us uh, their their opinions and their views. And I think one of the most interesting parts of that is you see the conversations that they're having with each other on an article and they from what i've seen they do take what we say at face value but you can also see that they are questioning parts and having conversations with people saying oh what do you think about this and what do you think about that and one thing that i definitely want to make clear to everyone is that a lot of people think of news round and think oh it's news for kids so that same journalistic rigor isn't there, but I can assure you it 100% is. Like the journalists I work with will go above and beyond to fact check a story and make sure everything stands up straight. And a lot of, I've spoken to a lot of uh, journalists from adult news who have said, oh, when, we, when we're trying to explain a story, we always check the news on website to see how you guys have done it. Because we know that however you guys have done it, those are the basics in which we can then sort of explore our side of the story. So yeah, I think... I think kids do take a lot of the stories that we say at face value, but at the same time, I think they're right to do so because our stories stand and our stories are always fact-checked and they're always done in sort of proper way. There's probably more onus to do so, if anything, because they're at such a critical time in their in their learning, right? Absolutely. When you're working at Newsround, you do feel a sort of a sense of responsibility because you're communicating with a part of society which is at such an important stage in their life like that sort of six to twelve age you go for you go for a lot um we know that everyone within that age group we know that they're changing all the time on the back of that you know realizing that you know there's this is such a critical time in their learning how does that translate to how you put your pieces together what accommodations do you make because of that sort of weighted responsibility well a few of my editors are in contact with teachers from around the country. And I feel like Newsrun has a very good relationship with teachers, asking them, how do our articles help you? How could they help you more? How do you use them in schools? Because I think that's one 
part of our audience we can't ignore. We know that teachers are playing us in schools and reading our articles in schools. So we obviously work with children and we have um, experience in that sense. But the teachers teach. They know what they're doing. <laughs> it's their job to teach. And they know how to teach kids a billion miles better than we do. So having that relationship with them really helps us tailor our articles to be school friendly and child friendly and if you go on the newsroom website there is a school section where we write specific bits of copy that are specifically designed for school because even though we understand we've got a massive school audience it's not as if our whole website is a school tool the graph what does a school tailored article look like yeah on the newsroom website um one thing you'll find is when you head over to the school section is we will have the headlines and a glossary. So we've got a picture here that says big stories and big words. So we explain some of the biggest stories of today and we explain the words in it that we think kids might not understand and we give them the definition of those words. So I think that is a school tailored bit of content. You've got all the big stories that you need to know in a sort of short and simple condensed um, copy. But then alongside that, you've got a glossary of all the words that you may not understand, but here are the definitions of them. So I think that's a clear distinction between content on our website, which is purely news, and then that type of content, which is obviously news, but here's the educational aspect of it. I, I feel like that goes back to what you said at the beginning in terms of not patronising the reader and actually making it widely accessible in terms of, in reality, when a, when a kid looks at that story, if they come through and get stumped, well, there's a glossary there immediately available if they need it. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. As, as you touched on also at the start, you know, we talk a lot about this inform, explain and entertain. With your with your audience, what do you kind of want them to leave with a sense of? What's kind of the outcome and objective that you're striving towards with this kind of content? I think what we want them to leave with is a greater understanding of the world around them, to be honest. I think... Even for me, the world is a complicated place with so many different things to get your head around and so many things to understand. But I think for our audience, we want them to leave a newsroom bulletin or leave the newsroom website of a greater understanding of what's going on around them. And we want to leave them with the tools to be able to talk to their friends about it, talk to their parents about it, talk to their teachers about it, but also to feel comfortable about it within themselves. Because I think back to when I was a child and seeing sort of stories on adult news and sort of thinking, wow, that's that's a bit scary. And then when you get into that mindset, you start thinking like, oh, oh dear, like, why is this happening? And could this happen to me? And and I think I, we definitely want them to leave with a greater understanding of the world, but also to leave feeling a bit at, at ease. And I know we sometimes we do have to cover very sad stories like we can't shy away from that sometimes there are big news stories that we just have to cover and they're devastating but we do have brilliant resources on our website we have this part of our website which is dedicated to whether you're upset by the news and we always if we're playing a sad vt or talking about something sad on the bulletin we'll always tell them that if you're upset by anything you've heard you can head over to the website and find this brilliant resource which talks about it's normal to be upset by the news. I feel like that keeps kids connected with the news as well because news avoidance is inherently linked to negative news. And by having, you know, an inbuilt resource as, as kind of that safety net, if the article has, you know, an impact like that, 
that kind of makes sense to me. We want to make sure that we are a destination for children that if they do see a frightening news story on social media or they're hearing a frightening news story whilst their parents have got, I don't know, like main news on, we like to think we like to think of ourselves as a place where kids can come and think, oh, I've just heard something frightening. Let me go to Newsround to see to see what it's all about. And I think if we can be that for children, then I think that's partly a job well done. And to be honest, even before I worked at Newsland, I'll admit there were times where I'd see a complicated story on um, other news outlets and I'd be a bit like, oh, I'm not quite sure I understand. You know what? Let me check the Newsland website to see, to, see what they're, to see what they're talking about. Maybe you need to change your demographic to 6 to 24 then. Yeah, <laughs> because honestly, that's the, news, that's the news that I grew up, um, that's the news I grew up listening to. I feel like this is such a relevant and, and timely message given how kind of scary and surreal it is right now in these times of coronavirus. To go off, final question from me, what is your best advice that you could give to our listeners in terms of what it takes to be a kids news presenter? What's the best advice you could give them? The best advice that I would give is actually talk to kids. If you've got any children in your life, say if you've got kids yourself or you've got younger family members or family members who've got children, talk to them and find out what they're into and find out why they're into those things and find out what they care about and find out how they'd like how they'd like their news are they what they find boring what they find cool I think all of these questions have really informed me as a journalist and it's they're just questions that I continue to ask and any opportunity that I have to go and visit children even when we're on shoots I will just ask a child like a quick question if I'm ever curious about something I ask them and I think that's that isn't just limited to news run I think if you are a journalist no matter where you are no matter who you're making news for I think it's so important to talk to your audience whenever you've got the opportunity to because if you're not talking to your audience and you're just going off your own assumptions then you're walking into it a bit blind. And you know what? We're all human. We can't know everything. And the only way we can get to know things is by asking the right questions. So definitely talk to any children that you have in your life and also just get into the habit of complicated things in a simple way. I think that's a, I think that's a brilliant piece of advice, which I think applies to all of us to graft. I think you've, um, this has been a really fascinating insight into into your world um and just thanks very much for all of your time really appreciate it i oh, know thank you thank you for having me and i hope i hope we'll see you watching the news on bulletin very soon jacob like i said at the beginning what i've taken away from this interview is that we can all benefit from paying attention to our use of alarmist language this is especially important when we consider how children process and question information but we're all concerned about the events we are seeing unfold in our own country and around the world we don't need to sugarcoat what's happening, but we can think about how our content is being received by our audiences. I'd like to thank you all at home for checking out this podcast, and I hope you enjoyed it too. Due to the coronavirus crisis, the editorial team at journalism.co.uk will be taking a short break from podcasting, but we will be back soon. In the meantime, if you like what you heard, there are plenty more podcasts to check out on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Just search and subscribe to the journalism.co.uk podcast. Our last couple of episodes have explored the different types of coronavirus myths and disinformation and whether a digital detox could help us feel less overwhelmed at this time. But that's all we have time for this week. I've been your host, Jacob Granger. Until next time. <laughs>